Thank you very much, Philip. I hope everybody had a little bit of a recharge with their cup of tea and everything. We're here for the, the very last session uh, of Ireland's Edge. We're going to have this discussion panel, and then Philip is going to come back with Mick Maloney, and there's going to be chat and music and so on. And in the last panel, obviously, we were talking about the experience of Irish people going abroad um, and then coming home and the different types of experiences that the, the that that has been for the three people that we spoke to, but also for different generations of Irish people. So in this panel, we're going to speak to three people from elsewhere in the world who have come to live in Ireland and to talk to them about what their experiences have been like. So if you please give a welcome to Takwa Al Hariri, to Martin Piotrowski, and to Zainab Baladale. So first of all, thank you, the three of you, for coming all this way. I know many of you have come very long distance to be with us. Zainab yes. just got off the train and bus and then train and then bus again to get here <laughs> this morning. Um, and we're just really delighted to have you here to share your personal experiences of coming to Ireland. So I'm just going to start off by asking you about that so that we can kind of introduce you to the audience. So Takwa, your family are originally from Syria yes. and they have come to Ireland. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your journey coming to Ireland over the last few years. My journey from Syria, from to, Syria Ireland. to Ireland. Yeah. Uh, actually, we, uh, we, didn't, uh, we didn't want to leave uh, our homeland, but after the, the, the problems of Syria, uh, we decided to leave. And uh, uh, we left. Uh, we left uh, through actually through walking from uh, Syria to Turkey. Uh, when we, we when we were living in uh, in Turkey, we didn't want even to leave Turkey as it's uh, near to our country. Uh, whenever our country will be fine, then we'll go back. But uh, unfortunately, after one year, uh, still life is so was so difficult for us uh, to study or to work. So we decided to leave to Greece, as many people were uh, were leaving. Um, so there was uh, even we were so afraid because we don't have a man. We uh, I'm just with my mother and two sisters. So uh, there was a group of Syrian people, uh, which make us uh, a bit comfortable that we are not alone. Mm -hmm. um, so so we left uh, to Greece through uh, through a small boat. Uh, through uh, the sea. We were uh, 50 people. Uh, it was a horrible day. It was, uh, we, were, we were waiting for, for the night time. Uh, we stayed under rain for whole one day uh, because we don't want to leave in the, in the uh, light like uh, for the police or someone to see us. Uh, we left and, and uh, it, takes, it takes three hours through the sea. Uh, until we reached to the to the beach of the Greece. Uh, so then, then uh, when we reached there, uh, there was uh, many people organizations uh, who helped and uh, took us to the camp. And many people were so sick uh, after after this. All like uh, children were sick, uh, women. So uh, they they went to the hospitals, uh, and actually my mother one of them. Um, she even couldn't walk, and I, I, I went with her to the to the hospital there. Uh, but uh, thank God she she was she was fine, and we lived in the in a camp for nine months mm -hmm. until the the Ireland embassy uh, called me. And uh, even when I was I was talking to them, he was he was saying Irish embassy. I, I couldn't like I I didn't hear him. I said yeah okay fine. 
And uh, when I closed the phone, I said, what did he just say? Like, I was like, maybe from happiness or something, I, uh, I didn't hear him. And, uh, and, and I heard about Ireland and Irish people before four to six years that it's, it's a very beautiful country, so nice people. Uh, I heard a lot, a lot about, peop about the Irish people. So uh, I was so happy that Ireland accepted us and, uh, and we came here. So thank God. Well, we're delighted to have you and it was really lovely thank to meet so you this morning here with that view out there to show you the thank beauty you. of Kerry and Zong as you've come such a long way to be with us. And thank you very much for sharing that incredible story. Now, something that I think is very interesting about Taco's incredible story is that we heard a lot yesterday about the incredible stories of people who left Ireland in the 1840s and 1850s, the time of the famine and so on, to go to the ends of the earth for opportunity because they had nothing else here. And also, especially the amount of Irish people who went to other places for work. And Marcin, you come originally from Poland. Many people from Poland have come to Ireland mostly to, or almost all to work over the last 10 or 15 years. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your story of coming to Ireland. Yeah, I came first in 2004 with the first wave of uh, Eastern Europeans. Uh, Ireland was the first market which opened the country, which opened uh, the borders for us. So hundreds came. Uh, uh, it was a long journey. Uh, my parents didn't get enough money, so they gave me a 50 euro bottle of vodka and a block of cigarettes, <laughs> and they said farewell. <laughs> It took me a seven days hitchhiking to get here. Uh, so as a student, I came just uh, for a summer uh, to earn some money. And I was coming back three times for summer. After my degree, after finishing the sociology, I decided, all right, I'm going to come here for a year. And uh, it was 11 years uh, altogether. Now we are on this moment when we have decided, uh, are we staying back or are we going back, uh, back to, to Poland? And we have decided just uh, three months ago that uh, it's uh, final time and uh, we're going back. So uh, I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> all my adult life I've spent here in Ireland, in uh, Clare, up the banner. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, we'll allow him that one. I find it difficult to move back, especially my kids. I have three kids which were born here. Uh, they now in Polish school. They're finding difficulties in learning Polish when in here. Uh, because our family is multilingual. My wife is uh, from Estonia, Russian-speaking, so uh, we have a few uh, languages at home. My kids, they use Irish as their secret language. <laughs> which... <laughs> it's unfair. <laughs> I can say only, I'm <laughs> uh, So... Uh, they miss islands, and uh, we worry a bit about that, but uh, uh, we, we said uh, it's final moments. Um, so I love islands, for sure. I'm happy that uh, I was uh, invited here, and uh, I've got a great, great time here in, in Ireland, for sure. Well, we'll be very sad to lose you. We'll talk a little bit about all your time in Ireland uh, in a few moments, but two very different stories about coming to Ireland from Takwa and from Marcin and another different story from you Zainab because you came here at a very young age yeah. when your family came from Nigeria. Could yeah. you tell us a little bit about your family's journey coming so, to Ireland? Um, initially my mom came without me. No, um, so my mom 
came with my sister. She was pregnant with my sister. And um, I didn't want to go because I was a real daddy's girl. And I was like, I'm not going. I'm staying at home with my dad. Um, and so I stayed with my dad while my mom was in Ireland for a few months. And then my dad decided, you know, it's high time you go live with your mom because she misses you. You know, I was quite young then. I was four. Um, so eventually I was sent up to come live with my mom in Ennis. A lot of people have always asked me, of all the places in Ireland, why Ennis? Why Clare? There was Dublin of all places to go to. Um, or but my mom <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but my mom, she had a friend there who had told her that Ennis was really nice. There was a Nigerian community there. And, you know, it would be a great place to settle because it wasn't like big hustle and bustle of a city life. So um, that was why we decided to Ennis. Um, so I came up. Um, it was a bit strange because in Nigeria, you start school much earlier. So I had already gone through, you know, early primary school there. And then when I was coming up here, I, was, I had to restart again and go into junior infants. And um, it was very strange for me. I think because I was so young, it was easy to adapt and easy to make friends and easy to communicate with people. Um, Nigerian is an English and Yoruba-speaking country. It's actually got many languages, but that would be the language we speak at home. Um, so I already had English, so there wasn't a language barrier in making friends and things like that. Um, so, basically, it was very easy for me to transition from Nigeria to Claire, but I think the difference was with my mother. My mother, when she came here, she was, she was a bit depressed for the first two, three years because she didn't have her family, she didn't have her home, the things she was used to, even like things like, I remember she was complaining about the bread because the bread was so different, like little things. Um, she was, she was quite sad a bit because she missed it, but she understood that the reason behind her being here was because a lot of the opportunities that we would have had, we would have here, we wouldn't be able to avail of them in Nigeria. And we're not, we don't come from like a poverty-stricken background. We come from a, you know, all right background. But um, it doesn't even matter over there because quite a lot of the education, people my age right now there, they're finished college and, you know, there's no jobs available for them. So people who do go to school, who do go to, you know, the standard route of, you know, trying to get a job, they come out with nothing at the end of the day, and that, I think that, and that was back then, and it's still the case now. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons that we decided to upscale and move. That's very interesting. So three totally different stories about coming to Ireland, mm -hmm. all of which I think have unusual echoes of previous times in Irish history, I mean, especially Martins being sent off with the bottle of whiskey and the cigarette. <laughs> Sounds very like stories I've heard in my own family. But after these three different journeys, I'm going to ask you all about what it's been like living in Ireland. Takwo, how has it been for your family? Because obviously they had a very traumatic experience coming to Ireland. How have you found living in Ireland as a family? Should I speak first of all about weather? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The most Irish uh, topic. Because <laughs> from, the, from the first day I came here, Everyone is talking about weather, weather, weather. <laughs> Still, I didn't see anything here. Still, I'm new. Like, why, why everyone is talking about weather? <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but then it's really different for us. Uh, actually, in my country, it's it rain in the summer sometimes. So, uh, but in here, and, and it's it's not uh, like uh, like we know. Two months, this two months will get rain and the, the, the next rain will stop. But in here, I, it's, it's, it's sun. When I go out, 
start train. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. You say we get all four seasons in one yeah. day in yeah. Ireland is the way the weather so, goes. So yes, uh, so it's it's really a new a new thing for us. Uh, actually, there is lots of lots of things in in Ireland which is uh, a bit similar for us, like. Uh, Greenland always. Uh, yesterday I was telling someone that it's always green here, uh, which is similar to uh, my country or my city. Uh, uh, actually, the, the the language is different for us because we don't uh, we don't mostly use the English language in there. Uh, but uh, for me and my family, uh, I didn't face problem because the language is uh, with me. Uh, sometimes I even uh, people were like asking me to help them about the, the translating mm -hmm. and this all. Um, uh, so so I'm I'm so happy for that that we we didn't face this much problem in 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 Ireland. Well, your English is excellent, and I was apologising before we came on stage about my terrible Arabic. Yeah, but I, I wonder if I could also ask you about because you um, have been doing some studies recently in Trinity College in Dublin, where you were on a project called Ismani that the yeah. Connect Institute are doing there about documentary filmmaking. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, actually, uh, I was so happy to take this, uh, this uh, course or classes about uh, filming because uh, uh, I was searching for, uh, I want to study a journalism and I was searching for a scholarship in journalism. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, uh, I'm still waiting. So someone called me and said that there is uh, classes about uh, filming. So I said, okay, I'll go through that. And uh, and they they were they were message, messaging me that that the filming will be from the camera of the of your cell phone. I was saying like how 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 it will be like from the camera of cell phone. Like mostly we just take picture, which uh, we just normally we take video. That's it. But uh, when I start that and I when when I study that it was really uh, a very big field and uh, even I was telling them it's, it's it should be more than two weeks. So uh, we were six uh, six students, which everyone have his uh, his own story, mm -hmm. uh, comedy and and uh, documentary. So I was telling. Uh, even before I had I had this idea to tell the people how the Syrian people uh, moved from Syria to the last country which they uh, reached Germany, mm -hmm. France, Ireland, wh wherever. So so my film was uh, was from Syria to Ireland where I'm where I am now. That's fascinating, and I mean I think it's something that Pierce raised in the discussion earlier about the importance of giving opportunities to, especially people who come as refugees to Ireland, to study in higher education. I know we have people from higher education in the room, and that's obviously an issue that I think is really important for universities like Trinity and UCC and others to take a lead on. So delighted that you were able to undertake the course. Martine, you mentioned also coming here at the time of being a student. Um, tell us a little bit about what it was like coming here, and in terms of your, the work that you have done in culture, because like Takwa talking about filmmaking, you have also been very involved in cultural links between the Polish community and Irish people here. Yeah, but first I came to work, work, work and work. The uh, last past 11 years I've did the two jobs uh, all the time. Uh, and most of the Polish, uh, Eastern Europeans came, as you said, uh, from the economical uh, reasons. Uh, but after the while, I just told that I'm losing my life. 
work is not everything what I want to do. Uh, one year, second, fine, third. Uh, I saw in the beginning when I arrived to Ennis, uh, and uh, I see Ireland is changing so much in the recent years, but when I arrived to Ennis, there was 24 of Polish people there with me. Now there is uh, 1,250. Uh, we came from different uh, places in Poland, Slovakia, Estonia, uh, and we told that uh, finally that's pla this place is as well ours. Uh, we have to think as well about something else than work. So we start to build a community, uh, cooperating first with uh, Poles, because most of us was in the same age, uh, just after the study, uh, or uh, now we are in the age around 35 of the 40. And uh, uh, what moved us from work to the community? Mainly kids. Uh, I have three kids. Mm -hmm. I thought, all right, we have to do something for them. Uh, English language is so strong, as you know, those who speak Irish, that it's very easy to, to lose, especially for the kids, to lose the identity uh, and the language. Uh, we, we, at home, you're using a Polish or Russian, but uh, kids, when they play, they play in English. And uh, uh, when they're coming back from school, uh, all what I can talk to them, how was the school? Oh, fine, fine. Uh, everything else they learn from their friends, uh, that's great. They integrate, uh, but as well, uh, we told it we have to give them something uh, back. So we decided to uh, open the evening school once a week for the kids. Uh, not to learn uh, Polish or just to give them a chance to meet and play in Polish language. Uh, and then so we are not the only ones. Uh, uh, we have a great culture, but we want to learn something about Ireland. And then the great projects came, the Polska Era Festival mm -hmm. uh, three years ago. And uh, I was asked by uh, Piotr Rakowski from the Polish Embassy to uh, join the group of Poles uh, which uh, were making a festival, festival of friendship. Uh, we told it, we have our great culture, but we want to learn something as well about the great Irish culture. Uh, because we don't know much about it. Uh, our kids, they're going to learn that from friends, from school, uh, but we have to give a chance to others. So we have organized three editions now uh, uh, where we are trying to mix both cultures, showing uh, storytellers from Poland. My grandfather came here to do uh, his stories. Uh, there was uh, some Irish storytellers, uh, music. Uh, traditional culture is great. I'm really impressed with, with that. Uh, uh, in Ireland here. So we want to learn from, from you uh, how to do it. And as well, uh, we said we're going to show uh, Polish culture. So uh, in Poland, in the Ennis, there is a Polish folk group uh, in Isoviace, uh, and that's the most incredible for me. Uh, we are taking part in every uh, St. Patrick's parade, and we won the last year parade as the best group. That, wow. That's showing how Ireland is open yes. for migrants. Absolutely, uh, yeah. It and I think that's, you said a number of really interesting things there about integration and language, and also talking about Ennis. I mean, you and Zainab were having a conversation earlier about Ennis. It was like listening to you know, two Irish people who met each other on a plane or something. It was like, where in Ennis are you from? The Gork Road, is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
And Zainab, you had a very interesting experience in terms of the language and integration and everything as well, because mm -hmm. you went to an Irish language school when yeah. you were younger, um, and now you work on RTE presenting one of the news programs, um, which is obviously about you know sharing stories with different types of people, especially with young people. Yeah. Our program is aimed at young people. How did you find growing up multilingually in Ennis, and especially as a young black woman, how was that growing up in Ireland uh, in terms of the representations that you saw on the television, and but also in terms of the culture that you were exposed to? So um, personally, one of the reasons I ended up going to an Irish-speaking school was because when I was in primary school, my teacher noticed that I had a natural talent for languages, and I've always loved languages. Um, so he said to my mom, you know, you know, Zainab would really do good in Irish school. He'd pick up the language very quickly. And um, so, and I was like, no, I don't want to be away from my friends because I didn't know anybody else that was going to the Irish school except for the people that were in the Irish primary school. Um, so I was like, no, I don't want to be away from my friends. But you know, my mo mother knows best, so I ended up going anyway. Um, so while I was there, it was very interesting because those three years, while then didn't feel amazing, I owe so much to it because a lot of the things I felt there, I said before, I felt every aspect of what it meant to be black in a white community. Because um, so things were said in passing or you know, jokes were made, but it would be like, oh, but I don't think this is just what my parents have told me, that thing. Um, and those did hurt then, and quite a lot of the, whenever a teacher would walk in, they'd be like, oh, you know, kind of like, is she in the right class, you know? Because I, I stood out, of course. Um, but it also meant that Having the language, I ended up loving the language, I ended up feeling pride about knowing the language, I ended up speaking it to people who were in the other English-speaking schools. And it was sad for me to leave after I got my junior search through Irish, but I knew that I was studying journalism in the end and I wanted to have a good English result in my leaving cert and all those kind of things. Um, but with my job now, I probably wouldn't have got my job if I didn't have Irish in my back pocket. And so many opportunities have opened up to me because, you know, I have the language. And I think in that, and now it's funny because I see people, when I was in the school, I would have been the only black person in the school. But now I see so many, not just black faces, but like, you know, people from Poland, people from all types of schools, all types of backgrounds going to these schools. And it just makes me so happy because um, I was talking to a little girl there and she's about eight years old and she's in a Irish-speaking primary school. And she said she was, and we were speaking back and forth in Irish and I was like, oh my God, this is crazy, like, you know, this is another black, eight-year-old black girl who's speaking Irish to me, you know. I can't see that happening about 20, 30 years ago in Ireland, you know, those things just wouldn't have been the case. Um, sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd just let you go, because you're... <laughs> I was right in there. <laughs> well, I think it's really interesting about what you said about the experience of growing up there is the way that it's a combination for, was for you, I think for all of you, of positives and negatives in the yeah. sense that obviously, Takwa, you had a very difficult journey coming to Ireland, but obviously being here and being having the opportunity um, of refuge and a normal life and the, the opportunities that you have is great. But also, Marcin, you talked about the difficulties that many people in the Polish community faced coming here working really, really long hours and so on, but at the same time, huge opportunities. And Zainab, you talked about the, you know, the fact that it's very welcoming and inclusive and so on, but at the same time, you often face different types of, uh, you have faced, you know, odd looks or bad comments or, the, and, you know, there's a lot of research we talked this morning with Pierce and Lena about the difficulty young people especially still face in Ireland mm -hmm. with regards to discrimination and uh, you know, racism and xenophobia and so on. So what I thought that I might finish up the discussion by asking all of you is, you know, you have had positive experiences and negative experiences. If there was something that you wanted to see change for immigrants coming 
to Ireland or people who are minorities in Ireland, what would that be? Takwa, is there something you'd like to see change for people like your family coming to Ireland? Like, uh, in what way exactly? Do you think that there is something that we could do to make it easier or a better experience for people coming from Syria or from other countries to come here? Because I know you have, you still have family members in Syria, don't you? Um, who you haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. Is there going to be the possibility of bringing your family members to, to be with you in Ireland? Uh, now, <coughs> now, there is a problem that uh, uh, they stop the, the uh, relocation for some people ex uh, except for the, the, uh, the people who is underage mm -hmm. only which uh, create lots of problems for, for many, many people here. Not even for Syria, for like in, in, in Julianstown where I'm living, there is a African, uh, African family which really m made, me, uh, made me very sad. She didn't see her son uh, since four years. Um, she's living here, there and, and even they're not giving her papers to, to let that she can go to him. So it's, it's really a problem uh, for, for many, many um, uh, nationalities. Okay. And the, the other problem actually, uh, the housing in uh, the accommodations in, in Ireland. Um, actually, before coming to Ireland, they told us that there is a problem in accommodations, but, uh, but you, you, don't, you will not take a long time for that. Uh, not more than three months, actually, they, they told us that. But uh, when I came here, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't imagine that the problem is that much uh, huge. Uh, so, so I think that's that's too very big problem for for everyone. How long have your family been waiting? Uh, now, uh, on on 16 December, I'll complete one year. Okay. And this is something that has been highlighted again and again about yeah. the direct provision system, that there's not enough capacity and that people end up spending far longer than was ever intended, yeah. with families and people not being allowed to work, uh, and as you say, not having the right papers and so on. And that's something that, uh, yeah, exactly, not having facilities to build their own homes, which is something that I think yeah. is really important. So those are two really important changes. Thank you for raising that. <coughs> Marcin, Takwa uh, mentioned there the issue of housing. Um, that's something that we have been talking about this morning, about the, um, the issue of housing with regards to Polish and Eastern European migrants. I mean, a lot more Polish families are in private rented accommodation than Irish families. Huge differential there. They have far fewer access to being able to buy a house and so on. What is the situation with regards to housing for Eastern European migrants at the moment? Because we all know we have a housing crisis, but how does that affect people from the Eastern European community? Housing, for sure, uh, is a huge tension. Most of my friends are renting houses, and for example, if landlord is coming and saying, uh, you have one month to uh, move and find a new location with family of three, uh, with no family support, we can't go to my parents to live for a month searching for a house. Uh, this situation forced a few of my friends to go back to Poland. They didn't get any other option. Uh, so housing for sure is a huge issue uh, for migrants. As well, many of Poles or Eastern Europeans are buying houses now. And that's an issue as well. Because uh, local people, they think they're in competition with, with them. 
finding for small resources. Uh, and oh, I know, like, example of uh, Clare Castle, small village next to Ennis. There is a new estate where 24 houses were built. 11 was, was bought by Polish people. Uh, so that's as well showing that there is a need for it. But mm -hmm. uh, as well, it's causing attention because there is a, a small market and many people want to buy it. So it's like, oh, come on, Poland, they bought it. Uh, that's, that's unfair. So second thing is the childcare, which I have to mention. Uh, we have, as I said, no family support. Uh, and if we're going to work, uh, like I did the night shift, my uh, wife did the day shift, because someone has to stay with the kids mm -hmm. uh, during the day. Uh, so the cost uh, of crash is huge, especially for migrants, which are trying to start from zero. Uh, so we have no, as I said, no money. Uh, we have to, especially in the beginning, save more for, for example, to buy a house, to be more secure. So childcare, the cost of it is, is huge. Those are really interesting points, especially because we, in the panel we had about emigrants uh, beforehand. You know, a lot of the same concerns are raised by people who want to come back to Ireland who have been living abroad in terms of access to housing, childcare, and so on. And as you say, huge policy failings in terms of things like housing and regional policy then get put into this box of as if things are in competition. And Takwa, I thought about this because this week there was a story in the paper about the government continuing, uh, sorry, considering scaling back the refugee accommodation program because of the housing crisis. And it seems in a very small country we don't have to be choosing between giving accommodation to people who come here fleeing war and conflict and being able to provide enough housing for the people who live here in this country. That doesn't seem to be something that is impossible for us to do. But Zainab, I wonder if I could ask you the same question that I asked uh, Takwa and Martin, which is you've had a very interesting experience growing up here in Ireland and now you're in a very visible public role on the television and so on. What would you like to see change for both immigrants coming to Ireland but also for the younger black girls and boys that you talked about speaking to? What, what would you like to see that's different for them going forward? I mean, there'd be two things. Um, number one being, I think third level education needs to be much more accessible. Like, it makes me so sad when I see, because I grew up with the understanding that education is the key to almost anything in life, you know? And I think the fact that the government have been proposing, you know, I can't remember, like a loan scheme for fees, mm -hmm. I think that's going to close down a lot of opportunities for a lot of people, not just people who are already here and have grown up here, but an opportunity for people who are coming in here and, you know, some, for some of them, the education that they receive here will be the education that they'll take back home and be able to, you know, teach other people there. I think number one, that, and number two, housing is such a big issue. I was only looking for a place to rent there for about two, it took me two months to find a place to rent, and that's madness, and I couldn't find anything that was reasonably priced, and the things that I could find that were reasonably priced were terrible. Like, I was seeing bunk, like eight bunk, bed, eight bunk beds in one room. And you're expected to rent that at like, I don't know, 500 per bed, and you're sharing it with seven other people. That's madness. And I can understand how someone coming in from another country looks at that and be like, that must be the, normal, the yeah. normal thing, you know? That must be how people live here. I think it's scandalous because so many people, I think Ireland is open and it's friendly, and you know, because as a nation, Irish people are used to leaving the country to seek opportunity, opportunities. They understand when people come in, to look for opportunities. But I think because we think, you know, we welcome people with open arms, but when there's nothing there to offer on the dinner table or in the homes, how can you expect people to integrate well or to 
want to develop themselves well here. And people talk about, what I hear a lot is, especially online, I get a lot of abuse, which is fine. Um, but well, it's not fine. It's not fine, but you know, I expect it at this stage. Um, I see people take you know, my articles or things like that, or my pictures, and they put it up on like, racist forums, and they say, you know, these immigrants coming in and taking the jobs and the houses, yada, 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 like why can't, you know, or people have said things like, oh, she's definitely just, you know, um, it's, she's just there to make it look like Ireland's, you know, mm. doing well and integrating well. And I'm thinking, you know, I, if I'm the first black girl to be on RTE, there's thousands and thousands of other black girls that aren't. Like, how can you say just because one person is there, oh, this country is becoming too, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know? Um, I think, I don't know, there's, there, there are issues there, and I think we are, we, for such a small nation, there's been so, many there's been so much improvements in the last few years, but there could, there could be more, and more needs to be done about housing. Mm -hmm. Renting market is terrible, the buying market is terrible, and education needs to be much, much more accessible. accessible. Yes. Thank you very much for that. Well, I think what I find really interesting about the last two panels today and the panel that we had with Pierce and Lena is that we had people who have lived literally all over the world or have come from all over the world or gone away all over the world and come back to Ireland or come to Ireland from other places and so on. And a lot of the things that we're all talking about in terms of challenges in our lives, you know, obviously they are very different from the challenges that Takwa and her family have faced coming from Syria, but we're all raising very similar issues, whether it's housing, education, the importance of culture, the importance of coming together and so on. And I think that that's really interesting that we have been able to have those kind of discussions today yeah, that have raised the similar issues. Yes? There is another problem which okay. I want to tell. Uh, there, like, uh, actually, I have a sister in, in Belgium, mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's even... Uh, similar to many p uh, Syrian people, like their uh, their families are separated, uh, half in, in Belgium, in German, in Ireland. So it's it's a lot. I heard a lot of about this problem, and uh, the the main problem that they can't gather themselves, like they they can't uh, move um, uh, their papers to one country, all of them to live together. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really a problem. Absolutely. Like the, the family always will stay uh, separated. It's been a big issue with the family relocation scheme here in mm -hmm. Ireland. We very much hope that that is taken care of because, you know, again, it's something that all of us are talking about, the importance of being able to have your family together, your community together. It's the same conversation people in Kerry have been having for generations about people who have gone abroad and that be able to all have them together at one time, especially at this time of the year. But I'd just really like to thank all three of you for sharing your stories with us. Using concrete problems that can be solved here in Ireland because what's great about today is not only have we had a discussion but people have actually raised problems and solutions that could be there going forward to make the type of inclusive migration nation that we really want to build here in Ireland. So 